Wild Card Weekend is here, folks. And first up on Saturday, we got the Raiders at the Bengals. 3.30 p.m. Central kickoff on NBC to kick off Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Bengals are five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, the weather could be a factor in this game since it's up north in Cincinnati and uh, northern weather seems to be a little bit unpredictable this time of year. You never know what you can get. Um for the Bengals, I think they're going to win this game. Uh, Joe Burrow has just been balling out the past three, four weeks. Hasn't made a lot of mistakes. Him and Jamar Chase looks like a special connection. And just the Bengals wide receivers against the Raiders corners, um, that's just a huge mismatch that the Raiders can't really make up. Now, their pass rush is pretty good, led by Max Crosby. And uh, they have tightened up their run defense a little bit in three of the past four games. Um, Derek Carr can make throws too, uh, to Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro and his other receivers. Um, but the Raiders, they are coming off a short week in which they, uh, went into overtime versus the, the chargers and won on Sunday night. Um, but the Bengals, they rested Joe Burrow and he should be ready to go. Uh, the Raiders, I applaud them for, uh, getting to this point in the season after so much happened to them off the field with. I don't know, John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, um, other scandals, other uh, just incidents with players. It, I, I'm surprised they even made the playoffs. So props to the Raiders for doing that. But the Bengals, champions of the AFC North this year, they should get the job done at home in the, and win their first playoff game in quite a while. Uh, so Bengals win, and they will cover the five and a half. I just think Joe Burrow is going to go off. Uh, Patriots and Bills, so this is the third matchup of the season between these two teams. It's back up in Buffalo at Orchard Park. 7.15 p.m. Central kick on CBS Saturday night, over-under set at 43. Weather is forecast, the temperature is forecasted to be roughly 10, 11 degrees Fahrenheit, um, but both these teams are very used to cold weather, so it that's really a wash. Um Last time that these two teams met in Buffalo, uh, the Patriots, they ran the ball all over the Buffalo Bills, um, passed the ball only three times, three times that they passed the ball with Mac Jones, um, which is absolutely crazy. But uh, they're probably going to have do, to do more of the same if they really want to win. Um, and the Bills, last time they did play the Patriots, uh, granted it was in Foxborough, Josh Allen... Uh, was the whole offense for the the Bills running, passing, even like blocking? You could say with the offensive line, uh, and the, the Patriots. I know Bill Belichick is known for taking away the best weapon, but with a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen, like he's basically the eleventh guy on the field that you have to count for him at all times. Um. I think the key for the Patriots is to play a little bit more of a zone defense uh, to contain um, Josh Allen, because if you play man-to-man, then the the defender gets stuck to the receiver, and then when there's no one in the middle of the field um, to, to uh, block the outlets out of the pocket, then uh, Josh Allen's just going to have all room and all day to run. So we'll see if the Patriots adjust. I think they will considering they have the best football coach of all time uh, as their head guy. Um, and Mac Jones, he he's not played like a rookie most of the season. He's by far the best rookie quarterback of this class so far. We'll see how um, 
Trevor Lawrence fares out over the next few years and the other other quarterbacks. But Mac Jones, by, by far this year, played the most, played the best football of anybody of the of the rookie quarterback class. He was okay on the road. He was much better at home in Boxborough. So, and with with that being said, the Bills also have um, the best scoring defense and the best third down defense in the league uh, over the entire season, and the Patriots are not too far behind them. So this will be a low-scoring game. So if I were betting the over-under, um, I would bet under 43 points just because I think both defenses are strong. Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick will have both their defenses ready to go. With that being said, um, I'm going to take the Patriots um, as an underdog to cover and win out, win out right the four points. I just... Something tells me the Patriots, um, they're going to adjust from their uh, most recent loss to the Bills in Foxborough. Um, the Bills are going to feel confident at home, I think. Um, I can see Josh Allen throwing one or two interceptions this game, maybe even losing a fumble. We've seen over the years with the Patriots, they have excellent, excellent special teams. So they could force a blocked punt or two, and they could flip the game on its head that way too. So with all those factors being discussed and considered, I think the Patriots are going to beat the Bills and not so much of an upset because both these teams are pretty close to each other, I think, based on their performances throughout the entire season. And so Patriots win as an underdog, cover the four points, and move on to the divisional round. So the Sunday games. Now there's three games on Sunday. Uh, First up is Eagles and Buccaneers down in Tampa Bay. Noon kickoff on Fox Central time. Buccaneers are eight and a half point favorites in this game. Of course, they are the defending Super Bowl champions. They're beginning their title defense with Tom Brady, who's looking for his eighth Super Bowl ring. That is just insane. I mean, he already has more Super Bowls than any franchise in the NFL. So, I mean, why not go for another, I guess? Um, so he, def- the GOAT defends his, begins his title defense and, uh, his backs and receivers are going to have to help him out. Um, but even without Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown being gone now due to his charades, uh, Mike Evans not being 100%, I think the Buccaneers' talent will still win out at the end. The Eagles, though, they do they do have the best rushing attack in the league, uh, very good yards per rush. And the Bucs, although, although the Bucs have a great rush defense, um, their numbers kind of say that because teams don't run it on them. And when they actually do, the Bucks are kind of mediocre in terms of giving up yards per rush. So Jalen Hurts, Boston Scott, and the rest of the Eagles, they have to keep running the ball. They cannot, Jalen Hurts cannot pass them out of this game. If it gets into a arm duel between him and Tom Brady, it's going to be over. Uh, it'll be over very quickly. Um, the Eagles, they did really well this season considering they had a pretty weak schedule if you look deeper into it. Um, of course, you know, they got to the playoffs. I mean, it's not easy to get the playoffs in the NFL regardless, but um, they're just going to be overmatched talent-wise in this game and experience-wise. Um, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, they've and the Bucks, they've all been to a Super Bowl last year, and Brady, of course, has been to, uh, you know, a few of these playoff games before, so... Uh, Eagles, unfortunately, they are going to go flying back home wounded to Philadelphia um, after getting shot down by the Buccaneers uh, cannon fire. Um, Buccaneers win and cover the eight and a half point spread at home. Okay, 49ers at Cowboys. This is the Sunday afternoon game. 
3.30 p.m. Central kick on CBS up in Jerry World in Arlington. Cowboys are field goal favorites in the over-under set at 51. Um, so this is a throwback to the 80s and 90s. Of course, all the games that were back then, I didn't see any of that, so that I really don't have an, any opinion on the old 49ers-Cowboys rivalry, which used to be one of the, if not the best rivalry in all football. But regardless, um, 49ers, they are pretty much peaking at the right time that you want a team to be peaking during the football season. Uh, beating the Rams last week to get them in the playoffs, I think that's a huge confidence boost. This team at one point was 2-5, and five, and Kyle Shanahan was on the hot seat. And then they went on to win eight of the last 10 games. Um, to finish at 10 and 7, which is quite remarkable, a, quite a turnaround. And Shanahan's definitely going to keep his job. Jimmy Garoppolo, as much as people rag on him for being like this underachieving quarterback, his record on the road is 19 and 6. And the overall record is even better for the 49ers with him as the starting quarterback. So their best chance to win is with him at quarterback. And Trey Lance is not ready to play right now as a starter in the league. And the 49ers rushing attack led by Elijah Mitchell. Um, that's going to give the Cowboys some issues because the Cowboys do not have a great run defense. They're kind of average at best. Um, Debo Samuel can pass the ball. He can catch the ball and run the ball. He's one of the best overall offensive players in in the league. You could pretty much have him do every. He, he was on my fantasy team this year. He just did a lot for me. Although I didn't win the championship, I, w- I finished like third in my best league. It he he showed up week in and week out when he played. So props to Evo Samuel for that. George Kittle obviously is another great weapon, top three tight end in the league, another weapon for Jimmy G. So the Cowboys, they better take the 49ers offensive attack seriously. Other otherwise it's gonna it's gonna turn into a, a fight for sure. Now, on the other side for the Cowboys, Dan Quinn is leading that defense as their coordinator. Um their defense is ball hawking. Trayvon Diggs has the most interceptions any corner has had in the league in a while. Um, and there are a lot of playmakers all over the Cowboys defense. Micah Parsons, too, um, a contender for NFL Defensive Player of the Year and probably will definitely win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, and other weapons like uh, Demarcus Lawrence um, and other defensive studs on the Cowboys defense. Randy Gregory, too, another great one on the Cowboys defensive line. Just Playmakers everywhere in the defense, and of course the offense for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's had another great season after he broke his ankle last year. Um, He's putting up great numbers. Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, one of the best running back duos in the league. Uh, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, uh, the rest of the Cowboys receiver core, they're more than capable of putting up numbers. Um, I think if the Cowboys want to win this game, they need to make it a shootout because I don't think Jimmy G can keep up with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense per se. Um, I I will say that Dak is 2-0 versus the 49ers in his career. But also, this season, the Cowboys, they are undefeated 6-0 versus the NFC East, but they were 6-5 versus everybody else. Um, so that tells you like their division was pretty weak this year. And uh, so they beat up who they, were, who they were supposed to. Like last week against the Eagles, they put up 51 points because the Eagles played second stringers. So... You can say all you want, but they beat a bunch of backups. Um, and Mike McCarthy, his game decision, his game management and game decisions in the game are just as questionable as ever. Um, he's cost the Cowboys two or three games this year in which they could have won with his clock management and other decisions. 
Um, so we'll see if he continues to last as the Cowboys head coach or if Jerry does a cue and a coup and puts Kellen Moore in there. But that's another story for another day. As for this game, um, I'm going to pick the 49ers to upset the Cowboys. I think they're peaking at the right time. Uh, the Cowboys, they're going to they're gonna be feeling themselves after they crushed the Eagles last week. And the 49ers, are, I think, are going to give them a rude awakening with the running game. Um, just a ton of different ways they could attack you. And the 49ers defense is sneaky good. They have good talent at all three levels uh, that no one really talks about. Um, so... Cowboys, they're going to have their hands full, but the 49ers, 49ers will win and cover the three points as an underdog. So, and the Cowboys will be one and done, is my prediction. So, the Sunday night game, uh, Steelers and Chiefs. Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites in this game at Arrowhead, 7.15 p.m. Central, kickoff on NBC. Um, so, these teams played a few weeks ago, a handful of weeks back, and... Uh, they uh, it, let's just say it was not a game and the networks had difficulty switching between that and this, that game and, and another game uh, because the chiefs, they absolutely mauled the Steelers. I forgot the final score, but it was at least by four or five touchdowns. The Steelers, they lucked their way into the playoffs. They're only there because the chargers and Brandon Staley decided to overthink the situation and the Raiders were able to kick a game game winning field goal. So the Steelers are lucky that they're even here. Ben Roethlisberger, this is probably going to be his last game. Um, Mike Tomlin, I know they're they're they watched the film from the Chiefs game earlier, and they're like, okay, we need to stop this, adjust, make adjustments here, do this. Um, Mike Tomlin, um, congratulations to him. He's he now has 15 straight non-losing seasons to start a career for a head coach, which is most all time. Um, he's definitely making a strong case for the Hall of Fame as the years go on, even though he. Doesn't have the best record per se, but he's a pretty darn good coach. Um, so the Steelers, they're lucky. Um, there's a reason this is the largest spread in a wild card game in NFL history. Um, the Chiefs, uh, TJ Watt could have an impact, but the Chiefs spent almost $100 million on the offensive line in the offseason for a reason, and it's to stop pass rushers like TJ Watt from getting to Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes speaking of him, I think he's going to have a field day versus the Steelers again. Um, honest, like low key, this could be close, closer than the 12 and a half. I won't say the Chiefs will cover, but they'll probably win by 10 points. Um, it won't come down to the final possession. Um, Big Ben cannot keep up with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's just not that quarterback anymore. He can't swing the ball. 60, 70 yards down the field like he used to back in his heyday. Um, and and the Steelers receivers, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster could be back. We'll see. Chase Claypool needs to get the job done with all of Deontay, Deontay Johnson and others. Pat Pryermuth, um maybe could have an impact too in the game. But with that being said, the Chiefs will win, uh, not cover the 12 and a half, but we'll move on to the divisional round, take care of the Steelers, and send Big Ben uh, into the Hall of Fame and retirement. All right, then Monday. Uh, Monday is the Cardinals at the Rams. So an NFC West showdown, the third time that these teams have met this season. Rams are four-point favorites, and this game kicks off at 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Um, the Cardinals, they could have J.J. Watt back. Um, there's rumors of him coming back from injury. Kyler Murray, um, he's going to have to throw the ball around the yard if he wants to keep up with the Rams offense. 
the Cardinals, they do have an 8-1. They play better on the road. They were 8-1 this year on the road, um, which says something. But um, the, the, Rams are, the Rams are a dangerous, dangerous team. They have weapons everywhere. Uh, Cooper Cup, OBJ, Van Jefferson's a pretty good receiving core, if you ask me. Cooper Cup, who was named to uh, first-team All-Pro. Um, Matthew Stafford's had a great season under Sean McVay in his in his system. And, of course, on the defense, you have Aaron Donald, who's arguably still the best defender in the game, the best interior lineman. Uh, Vaughn Miller can still rush the passer at a decent rate. Jalen Ramsey, the best corner in the game. Um, and the Rams, they gave up a few sacks last week to the 49ers, which is a little bit concerning. And with J.J. Watt coming back, that could also be a concern. But I think the Rams, they're going to tighten things up. Havenstein, uh, Andrew Ritworth, and that offensive line will probably tighten things up. And the Rams, uh, they are going to be at home. Um, Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals, they lost uh, six of the last ten this season. Um, it's kind of been a theme with Cliff Kingsbury. His team start out great, but then they just kind of falter as the season goes along. And that's been the case this season with the Cardinals. So with that being said, um, the Rams, I'm going to pick them to win uh, and cover the four points as a home favorite. Uh, the Cardinals, they've had a great season, but I think their their talent losses are going to be catching up with them, and Kyler Murray will have to try again next year to get his first playoff victory. Okay, so we had a lot going on in the NFL this week. So Black Monday is usually where all the coaches who are supposed to get fired usually get fired, and that's the day after the final day of the regular season. But it ended up being Black Week instead of Black Monday um, because up until today, there were coaches that got fired almost every day of the week. So you have Broncos, they fired Vic Fangio. You had the Bears, they got rid of Matt Nagy and their GM Ryan Pace. You got Dolphins, surprising, very surprisingly, letting go of Brian Flores. You got the Vikings getting rid of Mike Zimmer and their GM Rick Spielman. Giants, they got rid of Joe Judge. Um, that should have happened uh, regardless. And the Texans, they ended up firing David Coley and their OC, Tim Kelly. Now, Coley was kind of a bridge coach. He wasn't going to last long-term with the Texans, but considering what he, his roster that he had to work with, the Texans played hard, and they they basically ruined the Chargers' playoff chance that one week. I think it was week 16 that the Chargers got smoked by the Texans in Houston. So David Coley, like, he wasn't bad, but, like, I get why the Texans didn't want to have a second year with him. He did get he he did get paid nicely on his way out. So the Texans, they did interview Brian Flores today, which I, I think is a good, a good move for them. They need to the hire a good head coach to maybe even convince Deshaun Watson to stay and have him uh, finally get off uh, his rear end and get in the, get in the game. Um, we'll see how that all plays out the all, all over the offseason with his legal situation, but if the Texans hire Brian Flores, that's a big culture shift for the Texans. Hopefully, hopefully Nick Casario, their GM's making the right move and doing that. And that'll be interesting to follow in the next few days. Um, and the other coaching situations, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh could be a candidate for a few of these openings, like maybe the Bears, maybe the Vikings, maybe the Giants. I don't know. Um, but those, those openings, I haven't looked too closely into like, what candidates are fits for each job. But as the days and weeks go along, more of those positions will be filled, especially after the playoffs are done. 
So we will keep a close eye on that. And uh, earlier today, the NFL All-Pro teams were announced. Um, and on the first team, unanimously were selected Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, and Devontae Adams. All, th- all five of those players definitely deserving of unanimous selections based on their play this season. Okay, so the national championship game was this past Monday night. Uh, Georgia ended up dethroning dethroning Alabama. I think it was 32 to 17 or 18. I I forgot the final score, but Georgia won its first national championship in 40 years since 1980. Uh, Stetson Bennett, the former walk-on, got his national championship. Kirby Smart got his first national championship as Georgia's coach. Long overdue. Um, Also, uh, he was the second assistant to beat Nick Saban. Of course, earlier this season, Jimbo Fisher did it for Texas A&M. And so Nick Saban's not quite invincible yet, but, um, you know, Alabama's definitely going to be back. And the preseason uh, rankings for 2022 are out. The top 25 is out way too early. The way too, that's why they're called the way too early top 25 rankings and Alabama's number one, Georgia's number two. People have Ohio state three and, uh, A&M four in a lot of the polls, I, I guess A&M because of their big recruiting class and, uh, their big quarterback competition with Max Johnson, Haynes King and Connor Weigman by battling out for the Aggie signal signal caller position. So that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. Um, but college, the national championship game drew only about 23 million. Uh, which was like the second lowest national championship game of the college football playoff era. I think the ratings, although Georgia and Bama were the two best teams, when you just have two teams from the Southeast, you're not going to get as many people as you would like. If you, if, if like USC and Bama were to play, Oh boy, that would draw like 30, 35 million easily. I think. And if you had Ohio state and Bama, even the rematch from a couple years ago, a little more too, or Ohio state, Georgia, something, something other than, two Southeastern teams. Um, they'll be different. Now the other conferences need to step up and improve their competition recruiting. If they want to compete with the sec and not have this happen again, but it's going to be easier said than done because the sec has the best teams, the best players, um, the best contracts, and it really can't be beaten football. It is King in the Southeast. So, uh, college football, long off season, but uh, we will be back in just under eight months, kicking off the 2022 season. So, so long to college football for now. Um, so other news before we wrap up, um, Demarcus Cousins, the center uh, in the NBA, who's had a lot of Achilles issues and has bounced around the league and bounced around the NBA for the past three, four years, ever since his Achilles tear in New Orleans. He is with the Nuggets on. A 10-day deal. I'll have to check up on how he's doing with that. Uh, starting pitcher John Lester. Um, he pitched for the Red Sox and the Nationals, most notably, and the Cubs. Um, he has announced his retirement after 16 seasons. He won 200 games, and he won three World Series championships. So he was definitely going to Cooperstown, um, going to the Hall of Fame. And Novak Djokovic, the uh, best men's tennis player in the world right now, um, he is not allowed to play in the Aussie Open. He could place even deportation with his vaccine passport issue in Australia. Um, very, very sad situation with that. I think the government's overreacting a little bit. But uh, yeah, Novak Djokovic, hopefully he's okay. And hopefully he'll still be able to play in tournaments uh, very soon. Okay, 
Thank you guys for checking out the pod this week. I really do appreciate it. Tell your friends and family about the show. Go to anchor.fm slash Lance Sampson to support the show. I really do appreciate any support you can give me. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care.